Well, beloved, open your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Let me begin by just asking a, a simple question. What, what happens now? What what happens? I mean, we just celebrated, indeed, Good Friday, Christ crucified for us. We just celebrated last week, Easter Sunday. According to Scripture, in just a matter of days, Jesus Christ is going to be ascended into heaven. So what now? I mean, if, if Christ is leaving us, what do we do? If Christ is ascended to the right hand of the Father, what do we do? Well, simply, beloved, we need help. We need help. And Christ knew we would need help long before we knew that we would need help. As a matter of fact, Christ is providing our needs long before we know we need them. That's the goodness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So before he ascended, before he was crucified, Jesus Christ says, I promise you, when I ascend, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So, beloved, for the next couple of months, maybe a few months, we'll see how long it takes. For the next few months, we're going to just open our Bibles and go from the beginning to the end. And we're going to seek to discover or rediscover who the Holy Spirit is. I mean, if Jesus Christ said we needed him, don't we want to know who he is? Don't we want to know what he does? Don't we want to know his power and what he's come to do? So for the next few months, beloved, we're going to just explore Scripture and I think just be comforted by the person and by the work of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe, beloved, everyone in this room, regardless of church background or no church background, I believe that everyone in this room has what I call Holy Spirit baggage. Holy Spirit baggage. Maybe your baggage comes in the form where your bags are completely empty. You didn't grow up talking about the Holy Spirit. Your church home that you were in spent no time discussing who the Spirit is. You're good with God the Father. You, you're enamored by God the Son. But when it comes to God the Holy Spirit, you're like, I, I have no idea who he is. I don't know what he does. I hear snippets from people talking, but I, 
to be honest, I don't, I, I don't know who the Holy Spirit is. Or maybe your baggage is in the form of your bags are completely running over. That's all you talked about growing up was the Holy Spirit. That's your whole church background. Every Sunday you went to church, it was Holy Spirit this and Holy Spirit that and Spirit this and Spirit that. You, you know, you think you can talk about God the Father? You may be able to list some works of God the Son, but, man, you all over God the Holy Spirit. You can talk about him all day. What do you want to know about the Spirit? I can tell you. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're in this room and this is the first time you've ever heard this phrase, Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, every time I say it, it conjures up images of Casper the Friendly Ghost. Or haunted houses. Or Halloween. What is, what is, what is this Holy, what is, what is Holy Spirit? Regardless of where you fall in, in this room, this sermon series is for you. Regardless of your category, you need to know and I need to know who the Holy Spirit is. And to be quite honest, beloved, and you know, in all my very church experience and very denominational experience, typically churches or Christians typically fall within one or two camps. They're either attributing things to the Holy Spirit that he has absolutely nothing to do with. I imagine in my spiritual imagination that the Holy Spirit is in a corner like, I don't know what they're doing, but they saying it's me, but that ain't, that ain't me. I'm looking straight ahead like, I don't know what they are. One or two camps. Like, everything's a spirit, and the spirit's like, no, my job description is pretty specific. I know what I'm supposed to do. Christ is telling you what I'm supposed to be doing. Or, or we fall in the other camp, attributing things to ourselves that has everything to do with the Holy Spirit. In other words, taking credit for what only the spirit can do. And I imagine the spirit like, what's up with y'all? <laughs> that baby gets me every single time. I know. If I've sent you a text over the last month, you've seen one of those two memes over the last couple of months. That just that baby kills me every time. I don't know what's going on. But she's angry, whatever it is. She like the spirit. She's mad. Why y'all taking credit for what I do? Maybe that's us. You know, maybe if we think that if we preach the right sermon or sing the right note, that we can do something that only God can do. And God is like, no, I don't need your sermon and I don't need your singing. I can do anything by my spirit. So maybe we have to fall back and say, Lord, we've been taking credit for far too long. It all belongs to you. So in order to set this series up this morning, I, this, this will be simply an introduction to, to this sermon series, Holy Spirit, we, we need help. I want to set it up by looking at two passages of Scripture. One is found in John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And the other one is found in John chapter 16. So maybe hold that place in John 14. Put your finger or your marker or scroll down to John 16 as well. Because, beloved, we've heard a lot of things this past week. 
a lot of thoughts, a lot of opinions. Maybe you've heard this past week that you are as close to Jesus as you are because of your hard work, not because of the Spirit. I don't know. Maybe this past week you, in your own heart, in that wickedly deceitful heart that Jeremiah says, maybe you accredited things to the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't even touch. Now, beloved, hear the word of God from John chapter 14, beginning at verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father. I also will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, don't mix it up, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Now turn over to John chapter 16. Beginning at verse 7. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin because they do not believe in me. About righteousness because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me. And about judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I still have many things to tell you but you can't bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. Let's pray and ask, Father, by the Spirit, would help us understand these things this morning. Lord, you know we, we need help. We need help because we're easily distracted people. We need help because we love lesser things. We need help because... Man, we would rather be anywhere else in the world but here right now. But that doesn't stop you from pursuing us and from speaking to us. So, Lord, speak again. 
And by your spirit, plant the words deep within our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. We need help, Redemption City Church. We need help because we are vulnerable. Did you notice in John chapter 14, verse 18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans. What a word. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. What, what does this word mean besides sort of the, the typical definition that we think about? Well, it's, it's broader than just a person without parents. But this word orphan in Jesus' day is one without the protection of friends. There was a popular Greek saying in Christ's day that says a friendless person is a defenseless person. Christ has this this full definition on his lips when he says, hey, disciples, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you defenseless. I'm not going to leave you without a friend. So what is the remedy? What is the remedy to not being orphans? Well, the remedy to not being orphaned is found in verse 26 of chapter 14. I won't leave you orphaned. How? Because the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, will remind you of everything I have told you. What a thought. The way in which Christ says we are not without his friendship is that the Spirit, by his power, reminds us of the words and the promises of Jesus Christ. Before I get ahead of myself, let's just go ahead and move on to point number two. We need help because we're forgetful. Verse 26 tells us that. And we need the power of God because we easily forget. But but notice in verse 26, it says, the, the counselor, counselor Holy Spirit, I'm going to tell you what this this word is in the Greek only because you probably heard of a ministry maybe that's called something along these lines. Anybody ever heard of parakaleo, like a ministry of strong, godly women coming alongside? they're, They're getting that word from the word that Christ calls the Holy Spirit. What does this word mean? Well, it has a wide range of meaning. This is, beloved, one of the most beautiful words in all of Scripture as it describes who the Holy Spirit is. Let me give you some examples of what this word means in Christ's day. It means helper. It means advocate, counselor, comforter, mediator, strengthener. That's a word. He helps us. He advocates. Think of a a courtroom when you're standing there defenseless. Then you got this this mega lawyer that walks in and says, I got this. And he's on your side. That's the word for the Holy Spirit advocate. He's our counselor. Man, we're laid out weeping. Who comes to our side? It's It's the Holy Spirit. He's our comforter when we're in distress. He's our mediator, and we just can't find the words to say. Who will say them for us? Well, the Holy Spirit enters in. 
gives us strength. Anybody ever been weak before? You somehow found strength. It didn't come from you because you're the weak one. It came from the Holy Spirit. Whom Christ says this is part of what he does. Not only that, beloved, but he's our keeper. Man, if, you, if you've been in Christ for more than a second, the reason why you stayed in Christ for that second is because of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's not because of your own doing. He is our keeper. He's our preserver. Not only does he keep us, but he guides us, the word of God says. He guides us into all truth. He's not a liar. And because we're prone to lie, he's our convictor. Challenges us. And we're swaying from the path that Christ has outlined from us. And when we sway, we need the power to stay. That's the Holy Spirit. He's our power. Not only that, he's our sanctifier. Man, are you any better a year later than what you were last year? Have you said no to any more sins today than what you did last year? Where does that power come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. So which one of these, like, is the ideal job for the Holy Spirit? Well, he's all of them. He does all of these things simultaneously in the lives of all believers. Every single person in this room who names the name of Christ, all of these functions, all of these bullet points of the job description of the Holy Spirit, that power resides in you, beloved the Holy Spirit. So we're going to explore all of Scripture to talk about who the Holy Spirit is. Verse 18 says, He's not going to leave us alone. He's not going to leave us defenseless. Why? Because of verse 26. But but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, will come. What is the Holy Spirit going to do when he comes? He's going to ensure us that we're not alone. How is the Holy Spirit going to ensure us that we're not alone? He's going to constantly remind us of what Jesus Christ has already said. So think on this, the way in which Christ reminds us of his love and his presence is through the Holy Spirit reminding us of what Christ has said. It's the job of the Holy Spirit. Oh, you forgot that Christ loves you? Let me remind you what he said in his gospel. Oh, you forgot what, that you're not alone? Let me remind you of what Christ said. You forgot your identity? Oh, let me remind you of your identity in Jesus Christ. You, oh, you forgot your eternal resting place? Let me remind you of those in Christ will dwell with him forever. This is the job of the Holy Spirit, beloved. If there's ever a moment in which you have gone from doubt to assurance, it's because of the Holy Spirit in your life. If there's ever a moment in which you say, Lord, I don't know, and then moments later you're like, I'm sure of nothing else but Jesus' blood and righteousness, that's the Holy Spirit in your life. It's not you. 
In other words, beloved, that the spirits, you know, he, he uses the word of God to, to say to you, Jesus loves you. He's with you. We need this, beloved. We need this help because otherwise we'll be running around forgetful. Otherwise we'll be running around vulnerable. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Why else do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, we need the Holy Spirit because Jesus Christ says we do. Sometimes it's just that simple and that easy. Why do you need this? Because I told you that you needed it. John 16, 7. Flip over there. Notice what it said. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Let that marinate for just a moment. RCC, Christ says it is to our benefit that he leaves us. What? We just talked about this last week. Christ came. He left the throne of God. He was born in feeble flesh, born in a dirty barn, submitted to people that he created, rejected by his own people, crucified in one of the cruelest ways known to mankind, died, buried, resurrected on the third day, all for you and for I. This same Christ says, it's good that I leave you now. Wait, wait, Jesus, you just did all this for us. There is no other benefit. You are our benefit. Why would you leave us? And Christ says, it's for my benefit that I leave because I'm sending another, another one. You got to let that sink in. We should be saying at this point, Jesus, you have no other benefit to offer us. You've done it. You've done it all. There's nothing more for you to give. And Christ is like, you say that because you're thinking like man. Say that because you don't know that God keeps giving and he keeps giving and he keeps giving. You say that because you don't know and I don't know my own need. Jesus Christ, this, this wonderful Savior, would come and do all this for me. And then he says, it's not good that I stay with you. Because if I stay with you, you don't get the Holy Spirit. Let, let, me, let, me just, let me just illustrate this for you for a second. I, I'm, in, I'm in like peach cobbler mode right now, right? It's, it's summertime. It's, well, it's almost summertime. It's supposed to, I, well, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about next week. I just want to just dwell in the moment right now. And I'm in peach cobbler mode, right? So if a person comes to me and says, Stephen, you know, I'm making mean peach cobbler. I'm like, hey, praise God. Let me taste a little bit of it. Now, I've had, I've had Mama Debbie's peach cobbler. Fire. Fire. If Mama Debbie came to me and said, Stephen, you know, I know you love my peach cobbler. I know it's probably some of the best you ever had, but it's good if I don't make this for you anymore. What are you talking about, Mama Debbie? And she says, it's good if somebody else makes this for you. If she says that to me, I need to know who that person is. I don't know if y'all have ever had Lynn Williams' rib tips. Lynn Williams, he's a greeter. Brother can throw down on the grill. 
If Lynn came to me and said, Stephen, I know you love my rib tips, brother, but it's good. If I no longer make these rib tips for you, I'm going to say, Brother Williams, what are you talking about? It's good that somebody else makes these for you. I need to know who that person is. Beloved, this is what Jesus Christ is saying in John chapter 16. It is good that he would die for us. It is good that he will be resurrected for us. It is good that he will dwell with us. But Jesus Christ says it is to our benefit that he leaves us. Why? Who are you talking about? If you're sending the Holy Spirit, I need to know who that person is. Who is he? Well, John 16, 7 through 15 outlines it for us. Now, this is going to be one of our texts in this series, so I'm not going to go through it in great detail today, but at one point in our series, we're going to dive into both John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. So allow me just to hit on some high points for you very quickly. If you're looking at John chapter 16, verses 7 through 15, if you're the type of person that underlines or highlights, I I need you to underline and highlight a couple of things very quickly. I need you to underline and highlight every time when talking about the Spirit, it says he or him. I need you to underline that and highlight that. Why is that important? Because when the Scripture and when Jesus Christ calls the Spirit he or him, it is assigning personhood to the Spirit. The Spirit is is not a lifeless force to be manipulated. The Spirit is the person of the Godhead. He is God, and he is in control. We call this the the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's assigning personhood to the Spirit. We don't tell the Spirit what to do. He tells us what to do. We don't manipulate the spirit. He controls. Can't do little things that make the spirit dance for us. He's God. Again, we're going to be covering this text in great detail in the upcoming weeks, but let let me just highlight the Holy Spirit's job to you. And I'm not making this up. You will see this in in John chapter 16, verses 7 through 15, because Christ gives us the Holy Spirit's job. Holy Spirit's, and if you're like a, like a, you know, you're raised in the church, whenever you see J-O-B, you probably think Job, because I do everything. I was about to say the Holy Spirit's Job, but then I had to correct myself. Holy Spirit's job. Well, he tells us in 7 through 15, Christ says the Holy Spirit's job is to convict about sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's his job. And man, if he's God, he has, he's never failed at his job. He's always done what he's supposed to be doing. Not only that, but part of the Holy Spirit's job is to guide you into all truth. To come alongside and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, this is the truth. Walk in it. Not only that, his job is to glorify Jesus Christ. The job of the Spirit, Christ says, is to glorify Jesus Christ. So if whatever we are attributing to the Holy Spirit, if it ain't this, it ain't the Spirit. Oh, oh, beloved, it's a Spirit. 
Believe you me, but it ain't the Spirit. If the Spirit isn't convicting you about sin, if the Spirit doesn't cause to rise up in you a hatred of sin and a loving of righteousness and a realization that Satan has been defeated, which is why he said the ruler of this world has been judged. If the Spirit doesn't do that, oh, it ain't the Spirit. It's the Spirit, but it ain't the Spirit. If the Spirit doesn't, doesn't bring in you a love for truth, a longing for the truth, a desire to walk in the truth, man, it ain't the Spirit. If the Spirit of God in you doesn't glorify Jesus Christ in your heart, that doesn't have you see Jesus Christ as, as beautiful, Man, that's majestic. If you have a passive attitude towards our Savior, man, it ain't the Spirit. Because his job is to say to you, look at Jesus Christ. Look at how glorious he is. Look at everything he's done for you. Look at his redemption. Man, if our eyes are turned inward and we're navel-gazing, that's not this powerful, convicting, comforting spirit of God. That's the spirit of this age. Oh, no, but the spirit is like, let me show you something. Rather, let me show you someone. Look at Jesus Christ. Look how glorious he is. This is the role of the Holy Spirit. So, brothers and sisters, for the next few months, we're going to go from Genesis all the way through Revelation. Because if, if, if the Holy Spirit is God, like I just said, hopefully I'm not making that up. If the Holy Spirit is God, he is not a created thing. He is eternal. And we'll see his eternality all throughout Scripture. We'll go to Genesis next week. We'll go to some of the prophets that some of us haven't read in like 35 years, if ever. So we're going to dust off our Bibles. Some of y'all got strawberry jelly pages just stuck together in some Bible parts y'all haven't read in ages. We're going to open those up. We're going to take a knife. We're going to separate those pages. We're going to go to Ezekiel. We're going to go to Zechariah. We're going to go to all these places in which God tells us who the Holy Spirit is because, brothers and sisters, we need to know him. And when we know him, we'll know Jesus Christ better. And when we know Jesus Christ better, we're better. That's the role of him. So in light of the role and the job description of the Holy Spirit, that is to glorify and exalt Jesus Christ, can we do that one more time today? Can we stand up and just exalt and glorify the name of our God?